Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. It is so, so, so good to be here with you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, this 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 evening's episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a little bit. But first, we're going to throw some news at you. Like a fastball. Yeah. Right to your face. Right in your face. It's not going to hurt, though. No, we're gentle fastball throwers. <laughs> It's it's the fastball that I would throw, and I'm not a very good throw. Oh, okay. I'm not a throwist. Is that what they call it? You're not it? a throwist? I like the sports. <laughs> Go foot game. So uh, what news you got tonight, Jeff? I got a few things of news, you know, some 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 stuff. Um, really, the biggest news that came this week is what happened today. Uh, Marvel dropped a press release today saying that they have a showrunner for Luke Cage. Luke Cage yeah. Netflix series. That is that is huge news. Yeah, this week it seems like just a bunch of Age of Ultron tidbits. Market, yeah. The Age of Ultron machine is marketing hard. Oh, yeah. And we've got lots Featurettes, to talk about with that. Pictures, oh, yeah. stickers. I feel like I'm watching DVD extras and I haven't even... Uh, yeah, it's not even out not yet. Not even movies I know yet, yeah. Dude, Hot Toys has put out... Oh, my God. Hot Toys put out figures that are life-size of stuff. What? Yeah. Life... Like... Life-size Hulkbuster figures. What? They're touring Asia with this crap. It okay. is ridiculous. So they're touring. It's not a... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's like a, you can buy it. There, there are figures and statues that you can buy. Sure. That are quite big. But quite not Hulkbuster. Big. Not Hulkbuster. You, you can't. They, they might. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Cause just like, check out. We'll start a Kickstarter to buy us the Hulkbuster armor. <laughs> You just bought a house, right? Yeah, I just bought a house. I've that got thing, a room for that it. That could be in your backyard, man. You know what? You, that can't fit in a, in a room. Yeah, that's you're a, right. That's it's, a backyard. It's 10 feet tall. Damn. Yeah. Right. Is that all the Hulk Buster is? I feel like the Hulk is like 10 feet 20 is feet pretty tall. substantial when it's a robot. Yeah, but Hulk himself, it's like this about the same size. and He's pretty substantial. Hulk's pretty large. I guess I was thinking he was taller. He looks, <laughs> he looks taller on TV. <laughs> Camera adds like six inches. Oh, <laughs> uh, so so anyway, back to Chia Hodari. Yeah, Coker. that's his name, Chia Hodari Coker. We're just gonna call him Hodor. He's not Hodor. He's Hodari. Hodor, Hodari. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Chia Hodari Coker uh, recently was a supervising producer of uh, the. I think it was the fourth season of Southland. Mm. I've heard good things about that show, but I've never seen it. Same. Same here. Um, it's apparently it's a uh, it's a police drama, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming it's a gritty police drama. Yeah, because otherwise they wouldn't grab him for the showrunner of the gritty Netflix series. Yeah, I wonder how gritty uh, Luke Cage is going to be. Well, Mike Coulter has said on like in interviews that it's supposed to be darker and grittier than anything else, and I'm like, really? Because oh wow, if you've seen those commercials for Daredevil, like. That crap is real gritty. It's looking grit filled. It's it's looking it's like it's like it's rough sandpaper. It's like southern cheese and grits kind of situation. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully hopefully less cheese and more grit. Nah man, Daredevil's the shrimp cuz he's a little guy. <laughs> it's shrimp shrimp and grits. This is shrimp is this some shri- real shrimp and grits situation <laughs> with this uh with Luke Cage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he's, so, uh, he's a jumbo shrimp. Yeah. I'm, he also says he's going to be here. He's going to be writing the first two episodes. That's yeah. pretty cool. And it'll premiere in 2016, which we've been talking about for 
since the first day of this podcast, we didn't know for sure if when they announced when they announced the four five Netflix series they're yep. producing, they said start these will start in 2015. They never said whether it's going to be. And we were thinking all, that it was going to be yeah, all five. We thought it was going to be all five in 2015. Yeah. That's the impression I got from the press release. It looks like um, it's going to be two this year, two next year, and then the Defenders being like the culmination. I, I just wonder the or it way might be that me that might be our Christmas present next year. Yeah, yeah. Defenders. It, we have Yeah, they start like having a Defenders every year. It's like a uh like a Doctor Who Christmas special. <laughs> you know? Um Luke Cage is just always wearing a hat. A Christmas hat or just a hat? Sure. <laughs> um I uh I, I'm excited about this, and I, I'm also curious, and we talked about this before the show, but I'm also curious, most shows run on a one-year cycle. Yeah. Once they start a show, they get their actors in place, and because of the way contracts work, and because of the way that like the production schedules of most shows work, they produce a season every year. I mean, and, and every Netflix series that's been, House of Cards, um, Orange is Hemlock the Grove, Orange is the New Black, all of those have been... Every year, a, a new season of that show comes out. In the same month, most times. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm curious if we're going to get Daredevil in April of this year, and then we're going to get um, uh, Jessica, season a.k.a. Two. Jessica Jones, and then next year we're going to get Daredevil Season 2, and a.k.a. Jessica Jones Season 2, before we get a Defenders. I doubt it, because they, they haven't mentioned anything about a Daredevil Season 2. Um, it could just be this miniseries. They could never revisit these characters. This could be just a... Each of these seasons could be a one-shot miniseries sort of thing, but... That was actually... That was mentioned on The Late Show, I think it is, with Letterman. Okay. Uh, Charlie Cox was on there. I believe it was last night. Oh, well. Charlie Cox was on there talking about Daredevil. Um, he has a really great accent, by the way. He's from London, and he has a fantastic accent. I just... I really like... Is it real sexy? Yes. I really like the way he sounds, and I really want to try to mimic him, but I haven't listened to him enough. Anyway. Oh, just go for it. Anyway, <laughs> he says in that interview that they're... <laughs> the thing I love, they're supposed to promote, they heavily promote binge-watching of the series. Mm -hmm. And so, depending on how much everybody binge-watches it, and how much you know everybody watches it, they'll, they'll likely do a season two, but it hasn't been discussed yet. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, it it makes sense that um all these I'm sure all of these series are somewhat dependent on the numbers, even though they can say they're not and they can say they're committed. And I think with Marvel they're pretty committed. But anytime a see a, a um a network or a, a production company says we're going to make this show and then that show and then this show and then Defenders, if no one watches Daredevil. They'll probably shut that shit down. <laughs> um, so, so it's definitely dependent on. I bet they've already signed a contract. They probably won't go more than one season if oh, Daredevil does bad. Those contracts are always so studio heavy. Like they're so stu on the studio side. If the studio decides to back out at any point, they've probably already sunk enough money into like pre-production and scouting and getting everything set up and scheduling that it's going to happen. It's I, I have no doubt that it's going to happen. I mean, you know, good and damn well that they're not going to tank. Sure. Absolutely. On, on like a viewership level. Yeah, I don't think so. And it's, and honestly, Marvel's too big at this point. I think point. if they did, Netflix wouldn't tell anyone. You know Netflix hasn't released numbers on any of its shows. Really? Yeah. They don't they're not rated they're not um I know just from word of mouth that House of Cards is exceptionally popular. Oh yeah, and it's wonderful. 
And it is, yeah, it's really good. So yeah, I, I really love the first two seasons. The third season got a little slow for me. First season was a little bit slow for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I, I was like six episodes in, and I was like, I don't have any more time to devote to this today. But I am interested in the story, and I've just never gone back to finish it. I got gotcha. you. I'm still two episodes out on finishing Firefly. Ooh, still? Mm-hmm. There were you two episodes last I week? I was three episodes out. Oh, so you got one down. All right, I'm, 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 as long as there's progress being made it was the bounty toward you becoming one. a good person. Damn. The uh, the Bounty Hunter one? Yeah. The Jubal Early episode? Yeah. That's the last episode. No, it's not. There's two more after it. On the DVDs, it's the last episode. I don't know where, where you they... You need to Netflix some, sir. I think Netflix f***ed up the... Uh, uh, the order. The episode order? Yeah, I think they did. It mm. doesn't matter. I don't think it matters at all, but the Jubal Early episode is the last episode. Not on there. That's weird. It is. That it's is weird, weird that you think that as much as you've seen it. Hmm? It's weird that you think that as much as as you've seen it. Oh, I've definitely seen it. If it's different from somewhere else. Yeah. That's weird. I would check out Netflix. Uh, see what, see what Where they... have these episodes been all my life? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. If I found two episodes, because <laughs> they they did the thing is that they they filmed fourteen episodes and only released twelve, mm-hmm. and so uh, on TV, and so two of those episodes only have existed once the DVD came out, right. and I believe the Jubilee episode was one of those one of those two. Um, but uh, yeah, that that Jubilee episode is creepy. That one was number twelve. That's very strange. Yeah, so it's the same number of episodes. It sounds like, but I just don't. I don't know what they put after, what they decided was a fitting end. Somehow, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so what else we got in the news? Oh, you know, we got news. There's some news things. Um, I really want to buy an Audi car. Yeah, why is that, Jeff? Well, they put out this really great commercial <coughs> that involved the Avengers. Yeah, they did. I posted it on our Facebook so that other people could, like, goof around with it with me. But, like, it looks really good. And it's really neat. That being said, they put out um, a spot on their website. Audi did. Um, they put out a uh, a particular part of their website with just Avengers photos. Yeah. And like a bio of each Avenger with it, like alongside each each character rather. And one of the pictures that they put out that they've since taken down was of the Vision. Nice. And the, but that that picture still exists, right? Oh yeah, it's the internet, man. As soon as it hits the internet, it's like everybody copies it and like reposts it in yeah, other places. For sure, it's on Reddit like fourteen times probably. <laughs> <laughs> so. The the oh, the picture of the vision looks so good. You, it's like it's the I first. It's like a drawing, which I think it does look a little bit like a. It doesn't like a, look like an actual picture. I from think the, the film. I think the the um, the PC term is an artist rendering. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it didn't <laughs> look like it was actually from the film. No, no, God no. Well, I mean, that... still the news is Jeff wants an Audi. <sighs> All because Maybe. of the Avengers. We gotta stop letting this marketing work on us. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I, I joined the Marvel Collectors Core. <laughs> you see those ads popping up? I have been. I've, I want to. I did it. I did it. That Marvel. I've, this is just an ad for Marvel, just for free. They're basically doing their own loot crate. 
Yeah, I've wanted to get in on loot crate type stuff before, but like I have several debts in my name, and I don't really have the money to to throw at that right now. You you could have just said, "I don't really have the money right now," but like I have several debts in my name. Yeah, I also have several debts in my name. But guess what I did? I signed up for the Marvel Collectors Corps. Um, well, I give all of my like money. a jackass. <laughs> I give all of my money to my uh, not fiance wife at this point. I give all my money to my wife. So that she can handle the finances, because I'm an idiot. I would sign up for like Marvel Collector's Corps and dumb shit like that. Yeah, dumb shit like that. <laughs> what kind of assholes do dumb shit like that? When they have several debts to their name. Yeah, Especially. so many debts. So many debts. <laughs> so, uh, on a free note, right, Marvel has launched a poll on Twitter. So any of you guys who are getting IMAX tickets to see Avengers Age of Ultron... What you need to do, and you know we're two of those. God knows. What you need to do is go on Twitter and let them know, like tweet your vote for which poster you want to get for free. And we have a link to like uh, instructions of how to vote. I for dumb people like me who don't know how to use Twitter. <laughs> people who want to do dumb shit. <laughs> I just sit here and give them my money. I don't know how to tweet at them. <laughs> Really, all you have to do is tweet the hashtag of the one like that's rel- or that's related to the one that you want to get. Okay, that makes sense. Um, they they have they have different hashtags. For yeah, each. they have different okay, hashtags. We'll for post each one. we'll post that on the Facebook. You guys should go vote because I'm definitely going to the IMAX. How many people out there are going to the IMAX? I know I am. I just I imagine an uproar happening yeah. right now. They're oh, I did like, too. Ah! I'll try to put in like the the yells from uh, Braveheart. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just lots of Scottish yelling uh, right there. You told him Scotland is free! <laughs> that, okay, that music has been coming up a lot on my, uh, my radio, because I'll, I'll, um, I'll do like an epic, an epic movie scores kind of radio on, uh, on Google Play. Yeah. And Braveheart comes up all the time. And every single time it comes up, I just let it play. And I just play the movie in my head. Yeah. <laughs> This is so good. It is real good. It's very it iconic music. Great flick. Um, so there was an Age of Ultron featurette featuring uh, several, in fact. Uh, well, the the one that we posted, the one we talked about, was uh, the Miracle Twins. Yeah. Uh, Petra and Wanda Maximoff. Basically, it's. I mean, it's it's the Age of Ultron marketing machine added again, and mm-hmm. God, they've got me hook and hook line and sinker. So hooked. But. We get a good look at um, at Scarlet Witch using her power a lot, and yeah, they talk about what her powers actually are, which we have a little feedback about. Yeah, we do. Um, basically, her power is she can she has telekinesis, which is great. You know, sort of a kind of offshoot of what she can do in the comics, but uh, she can remotely fire neurons in other people's brains and get inside their heads with that. And then like she, she can use some sort of like almost empathy power Mm. and see and feel what they see and feel and, and know their deepest, darkest fears. And like, that's what sets them off. Apparently that's what drives them apart. Yeah. So that's where we got this feedback. I figured we should go ahead and just say it since we're already on the subject. Um, Joe Sanders on Facebook said, 
I like the idea that Scarlet Witch's power is to get inside the head and force hallucinations of your worst fears. I was concerned there was there was going to be a lot of Avengers gone bad like last time, and maybe that will still factor in, but this is at least a fresh take on it since Loki's soul gem staff. Um, which we don't sure so sure about that soul gem staff. I've got my own theories on that, but We'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about. I the, mean, Tony Stark picks it up in one of the uh, one of the trailers. We see him pick up that staff in one of the trailers. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. So that staff is still floating around in this movie, which is interesting. Um, interesting to know. Which I mean, we, I guess we knew that from the after credit sequence of of. Uh, yeah, apparently that Captain America that 2. staff somehow gives them their power. Yeah, that's that that seems to be the, that seems to be the the case. Um, I will say uh, his his point is good is valid though. I really like that they're not just going with these guys bad mind control mind control <laughs> like, like Hawkeye last time. That that's just kind of a cheat thing. Like yeah, this well, guy we, is bad. We really now. didn't get to know Hawkeye very well. No, we still last have, time we've not of that. We've yet to know that. And he didn't appear in uh, Captain America two. So even though I felt like there would have been a great movie to have him in, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wanted to take away. Um, the moments that Black Widow and Captain America had together. Though. Yeah, so, like so, kissing on the escalator. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to see Jeremy Renner in that uh, Scarlet Witch moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Either that or a, a weird, like, very awkward three-way kiss. Captain America, kiss me. Uh, uh, I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> I uh, I don't... I'm not very modern. I'm not very modern. I mean, I, I, I understand... I have a list of things that I'm getting to. <laughs> That's not on it. That's really <laughs> far down the list. That's on the bottom of the list. <laughs> the list. I hear there's this thing called homosexuality, and that, and uh, Falcon, Falcon said I should look into Marvin Gaye and homosexuality. I think he was hitting on me. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, I think his point's very good that uh, Scarlet Witch showing them their worst fears is not a control. It's almost like a it's a, it's a form of communication in a way. It's like yeah. it's like it's her getting in their heads quite literally and saying you know, uh, but but it's still them making the choices, which I find infinitely more interesting than what happened with Hawkeye. Yeah. Well, not only do we get to see. The, you know, like different Avengers going at it, kind of, which, you know, a lot of people like to see that. Sure. Because when superheroes fight, people, people watch. But it's not like a, I'm now bad for a little bit until you, you know, cognitive recalibration. Yeah. It's not the head with something heavy. It's still them making the decisions. Yeah. It's still them. Like it's. We get we get character development out of it. I think is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, we absolutely. get character development. We now know what their worst fear is because it just manifests itself. Yeah, and and if we get to see those fears, would be really neat. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're gonna get to see like what they're envisioning as their worst fear or how that's gonna how that's gonna manifest itself on screen. But that could be just four uh, six scenes of the Avengers' worst fears could be a movie in itself that I would love. Like I'd love to see. That'd be a great character study moment. Yeah, like we, I mean, in the in the trailer, we get to see like the Russian ballet stuff, huh. and I'm assuming that that will play into like 
Black Widow's background and, and stuff like that. Like, And when her worst fear comes to pass, that might be involved in it in some way. I would love if in her worst fear moment we see a handcuff on a bed. Because that yes. would be perfect. It would be like creepy backstory. But for us who watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would be like... Agent Carter. Damn, I do that every week. I know. Uh, those, us, us who watch Agent Carter would be like... Damn, that's 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 awesome. That's, that's an that awesome deep time. continuity we're talking about. That's a great way to do it. That would be a great way to do it. And then, like Captain America's worst fear is going to be like Hawkeye coming at him with lips puckered. <laughs> Why is Captain America so homophobic? He's old fashioned. He's he's from the forties. He just it's, he's you know how you always say. Uh, he's setting to his say ways. about your grandmother, they're setting their ways. They <laughs> somehow get a little bit of a pass for being homophobic and racist. So does Captain America. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <sighs> he's from the forties. He was born in nineteen twenty. You know, I'm I'm seeing in my head. <laughs> you know those memes? It was like. Uh, RDJ looking at Chris Evans, Chris Evans looking at RDJ, Civil War. I'm thinking, like, Captain America says something racist or homophobic, <laughs> and then RDJ is like, Excuse me? And then it's like, Captain America, Civil War. <laughs> That's what's in my head right now. <laughs> I would love to see a scene where he says something just like, He doesn't know is racist. Yeah. Like, like, like what? What? You guys don't say that? <laughs> what? That's, we said that all the time back in the. <laughs> That's yes. not okay anymore. Yes, we know. We, we know you said that all the time. Oh gosh, I would love to see like a how how it should have ended with those kind of things. <laughs> like, just a unintentionally racist Captain America. I think I think he would be homophobic Captain America. Whatever. <laughs> I think he would be uh, conscious enough of his actions to be able to step around that. Because well, sure. No, even no, back think... in the day, he seemed like he was stand up for everybody who oh, needed absolutely. standing up for. Him, I know <laughs> Captain America's a great man, and we're. And obviously, they're not going to go that way. We're humanizing with it. him way too much. But that's it, it's it's a funny concept. It is a funny concept. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. I'm not saying I like the idea of a racist Captain America. <laughs> just saying it's a funny idea of of not him even being racist, but him just saying certain things. Him being like Grandpa Captain America. Grandpa Captain America. <laughs> I just always I always love Grandpa Captain America. <laughs> When when he shows his grandpa Ness, yeah, it's yeah. great. He's getting senile. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <coughs> Get off my lawn! All right, um, so we got a new Daredevil trailer. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And and this one was a lot more focused on the fact that the show's about Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last one was very Fisk focused. Um, this one, um, definitely should check that out. We'll definitely have it on our Facebook this week. Um probably right now if as you're listening to this uh so check out that on facebook or twitter uh that's pretty pretty darn good pretty good I shows mean, the kid i think the kid looked like he was doing a good job yeah we got a young look at you know matt murdoch and then we got a good look at scott glenn talking about how you know you've got a gift something that nobody else can do yeah i'm gonna teach you how to be a warrior the blind samurai kind of thing yeah but mostly just all that. sticks yeah mostly just with sticks um yeah that was really great so check that out everybody and we're getting like we every every sorry every trailer that we get that's daredevil related has it's just seeming to add on just a tiny bit more extra footage 
just a tiny sure. bit more extra footage. And you know what? They've got they've got the leeway for that because, like in a movie in the Avengers. Age of Ultron, for instance. I feel like I've seen half the movie already <laughs> because there's so much trailer going well, on. Well, to be fair, there's like a total of seven minutes of trailer maybe released so far. I feel like I've seen half the movie. <laughs> but with Daredevil, they've got like... 13 hours. 13 hours worth yeah. to work with. They could put out a few more trailers. Come on. Yeah, come on. Stop Step slacking. it up, Marvel. Stop slacking. Slackers. We've only got... 10 days until Daredevil. Man. Right? I am so excited. Right. Every single thing I see that talks about, like Daredevil got a new, uh, a new, no, they didn't get a, yeah, they did. They got a TV spot. Like Netflix is so damn bold that they're going on network broadcast television and putting Daredevil trailers. Which is awesome. They do that for a lot of their, you know, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black and things. They've done that. But uh, for Daredevil, it just seems like it could have been considered like a little stepson. It's it's a comic book thing. It doesn't have the pedigree that... No, man. It's going to redefine comic book... Shows. TV shows. I think it it has the potential. I'm, I'm, I'm reserving judgment. I have not... I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I, it's not my... It's, it's, Quality-wise, I don't think it's the best television on, on TV right now. It's good. And it definitely, I love it because of how it ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of course. But it's not the best. It's not the best TV show on t- on on the TV right now. Um, not even the best comic book TV show, I would think, um, personally. Yeah, I mean, I've heard but that the Flash is really good. I like it better than the Flash. Gotham, I actually like better than uh, Marvel. But we'll get into the rankings. There's, there's, there's. Uh, what I'm saying is, there are other shows that at least give it a run for its money. Yeah. Um, even though the Marvel movies kick all the other movies' asses, the Marvel TV is not as top-notch as it could be. And so I'm hoping that this Daredevil being on Netflix and not having the restraints of network television is going to break through that wall. They're really going to step it up. Yeah. It's going to be like 13 hours of Marvel movie, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Like, I'm going to binge watch it just like he told me to. Just, just like he told me to. He told me to. Matt Murdock told me to. Matt Murdock said binge watch this. So Marvel put out <laughs> they put out this really neat thing uh this week that ha- it was basically like a uh, fun facts you need to know about Age of Ultron. Yeah, uh and I will say, I want to say before we go into this, this is a little spoilery I feel like. It yeah, it could it's be. It's definitely information that we don't know. I mean, some of it's like stuff you could Sort of see in the trailer, but sort of not. And I and I just uh, want to warn everybody. I don't think there's anything that plot related or um, anything that you need to like concern yourself with how the movie ends or anything like that. But there's definitely like some some elements in this little. Uh, there's 13 fun facts about solid Age, baker's Age of dozen. A solid baker's dozen um, of fun facts about Age of Ultron, and I think that there are a few of them that like. Oh, I don't. I would have been surprised by that, and I maybe should have been. So, if you don't want to hear any fun facts about Age of Ultron, I get that, and skip ahead five minutes. <laughs> setting the timer. <laughs> okay. Um, but here we go. Uh, so, we'll run through these real quick. Um, Hulk has a new pair of pants. Yep. That, st- that he wears as underwear under him, under his clothes, they, and they stretch with his body. They've engineered a new pair of pants for him. That's Cap- pretty cool. It's under... It's Under Armour. Yeah. It's Hulk Armour. Hulk 
protector armor. I don't know. I, um, I tried in my yeah, head. Yeah, no, I, it I, didn't work. So that's that's interesting. Uh, I, I like that they're explaining it. <laughs> yeah. I like that they're finally explaining how his pants still fit. Well, yeah, they, they were saying that, like, now when he comes back from hulking out, he's not in this awkward I'm naked stage. Yeah. Which is good. I do like that. I still just can't wait to see Mark Ruffalo in his Under Armour. Mm. I would prefer sexy, that to just sexy seeing Mark, Mark Ruffalo's butt. <laughs> so, um, what's that next one? What's that next one? Uh, thanks to Tony Stark's engineering skills, Hawkeye is receiving an upgrade to his weaponry. Uh, he's now going to have a whole bunch of gadget arrow tips and things like that, like some new weaponry. Yeah. Um, the weird thing about it... I was in the impression it, that he already had that. Yeah, he's In the first movie, of, he was already using... He sort of has that, but they're saying that this new quiver is going to be faster. It's going to be more, um, more automated, more kind of robot driven, sort of. Uh-huh. And the weird thing that they said is that his his quiver now holds nine arrows, and I'm like, he held like two dozen in the last one. Like, why nine is it only nine? nine? But then in the trailers, we see he's got like several quivers kind of stacked up. Okay, so I'm assuming that. Like the quivers change themselves out in some way. That's weird. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't understand the uh, intricacies of Hawkeye. I don't either. Um, so uh, <clears throat> number three is Hawkeye's bow color being changed to maroon from the classic black. Uh, features including an infrared sighting device and a sonic sighting device. They're doing a lot with Sonic now. A, lot, a whole lot of sound stuff and vibration yeah, things. You're talking about our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, uh, moments? Well, yeah. I mean, there's So that. far, they haven't... They yeah. actually don't... It doesn't sound like they're going with the sound thing with, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Vibration. Vibrations. Uh, but vibrations aren't necessarily sound. I mean, they, they kind of are. It's... The way... Sound is the way your ear perceives vibration. Yeah. So, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Might just be like sonar. Number four is Captain America's shield now has the ability to be called back. Instead of having two handles in the back, the shield now has a magnetic element that clips onto Cap's gauntlet. Yeah, we saw that in one of the trailers. Um, I did. I I saw him do it, but I thought he was like kicking it and it was jumping up into his hand. Or nah, something. I saw it like I saw it spark or arc with electricity a little bit. I, I didn't was see like, that. Oh, electromagnetism. That's really neat. That's, that's... almost kind of like what they did in that show that one time. That show that one time? Uh, in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, okay. Tony Stark develops a different shield for Cap. It's like a hologram <coughs> kind of force field thing. Interesting. It's neat. All right, number five. Uh, number five, Black Widow is getting new fighting batons courtesy of Tony Stark. Um, they're based on the Escrima Sticks. Oh, I love uh, Escrima Sticks. I used to use those some. They're, uh, they're charged with exactly the same... Uh, energy as her stingers so basically she's got a little bit of extended reach on her uh, widow's bite kind of thing cool uh okay uh number six on this film production designer charles wood and his team built an enormous new avengers tower set that is the largest set ever built for a marvel film much of the movies takes place there on its many different levels a large expanse of glass opens the view of new york City and one can see also a hangar for a Quinjet. Um, the multiple environments are all connected with the ability to move from downstairs to upstairs and vice versa. This excites me because it's Joss Whedon all over it. 
Did you know <laughs> that for Firefly, they built the ship? It seems like they would have. They built the entirety of the ship. It's two different levels, yeah. but they built the entirety of the ship from end to end as one continuous thing so that when they're when they're shooting and when they're doing these walking things they can walk through the entire ship and get make it feel so real and just wait till you see serenity there's a really badass shot there's a badass shot I'll just say it there's a badass shot that goes from the f- nose of the ship all the way through the ship all the way down all the way through all the way to the back all the way to the cargo bay like you see the entire ship in one shot without cutting away which that's awesome Whedon also loves to do and I just wanted to say for those of you joining us back for five minutes ago um, we are not done <laughs> we are halfway done so give us five more minutes <laughs> um, it, is, it is right now right at that about five minutes so still spoiler alert still talking about this sorry um, sorry not sorry sorry not sorry uh, get, get us that number seven, Jeff. Uh, still talking about the tower, the Avengers Tower. It's it's a gathering place for the Avengers to plan, do business, relax, study, you know, whatever it is. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a lounge area, uh, three laboratory areas, a machine room, a gym, a relaxation area, a locker room, and then also everything Tony Stark needs for his work and research. That's awesome. This just sounds so There's much so like, much in it. Sounds so much like Firefly to me. I, I love that um, my favorite television show of all time, it, the showrunner from that show is slowly turning the Avengers into his show. Um, <laughs> yeah, you love it. I love it. I love it. That's my favorite. Uh, uh, Thanos never... is going to end up just being that weird Russian guy. We're torturing Niska. people. Niska, yes. Niska. Um, all right, number eight. Wanda <laughs> and Pietro Maximoff. That's Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Um, Pietro, Pietro is lightning fast, and Wanda possesses the power of telekinesis. And she is able to fire neurons in people's brains remotely, using her powers as a result, can manipulate their minds. Yeah, we've already talked about that a little we bit. We have, we have. So go on to number nine. Going on to number nine, Vision is an artificial life form whose look is truly unique. Uh, Vision's powers are spectacular, and he represents a new power base for the Avengers team. Mm. We've heard nothing about what Vision can do. We've no. seen pictures. We have not. And that a love, little bit. That's in, that is very interesting. Vision, Vision's powers are spectacular, and he represents a new power base for the Avengers teams. That makes it sound like, to me, like he is going to be the most powerful Avenger. Like, he is... No. That's what it sounds like to me. Maybe. I can see how you might think that. I don't know. I'm just saying. Thor's a god of thunder. Yeah. He just hits stuff. With a hammer. And electrocutes the shit out of it. With a little bitty hammer, whatever. Um, Number 10. (laughs) The Hulkbuster is an iconic piece of Iron Man tech. A pre-built super suit designed to take on the Hulk. The Hulkbuster armor was developed by Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. I liked liked that, that they, they worked on it together. Yeah. After they studied the Hulk's physical actions and strength levels in an effort to find a way to contain him and minimize the damage caused by his rages, a satellite in low orbit is always around Banner at any moment. Um, At a moment's notice, uh, Tony Stark can deploy the Hulk Buster armor, get into it, and stop Hulk in his tracks. Theoretically. Theoretically. That is... That is crazy. They have a satellite following Banner around the Earth 
If he ever hulks out, the Hulkbuster just can come down and stop him. That's badass. Well, I mean, Tony's got to get into it first. Yeah. Or I don't even understand why he would have to. We we know he's remotely controlled these things in the past. Yeah, yeah. So, true. like, why can't he just... I mean, I guess we're going to find out why he can't just remotely control things when Ultron happens. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's that there's too much machinery there to just remotely control all of it. I don't know. That's that. a dumb excuse. That's a dumb story. excuse? <laughs> well, maybe because it's bigger. <laughs> there's a lot going on. We'll move on. There's a lot going on in there. What you got on number 11? Uh, the redesigned Quinjet has a more militaristic look this time. The design of the canopy was based on a helicopter cockpit with glass in front and below. Apparently when they're <coughs> flying in it, it'll give the audience a better sense of the speed, especially when they're going low through the city. Uh, the interior has also been stripped down to a more utilitarian, sleek space as well. So you can see through most of it? You can see through most of the cockpit. So it's an invisible jet. No Wonder Woman. It's they're not. just trying to beat out. They're trying to beat Wonder Woman to the punch. Stop. No, that sounds cool. Uh, I'm sure. I love that they've designed all this stuff to be functional, but also to just be the most badass visuals on the screen. Oh yeah. You know, um, number eleven. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Number twelve. Uh, a unique asset to the production in Seoul was the use of drones, remote control cars, to put the camera in places that could never be achieved by camera operators. Or helicopters. I am excited about this. I love... Didn't they get like world champion drone pilots? Yes, they did. For a lot of the filming? They got world champion drone pilots for the filming, which... This just sounds awesome. I love the use of this new technology. We're going... Especially with the way he... With the way Joss Whedon shot the first Avengers, some of those shots he used were just amazing and impossible. Just seemingly impossible. And this one's going to take it to the next level with things that... We've never seen before, you know? The one incredible shot that always comes to mind when we talk about the Avengers is when the cab flips over in the final fight, and you get the view from inside the cab of it rolling over. Oh, that is a really great view. In 3D, I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to die. That is great, yeah. The the shot that always blows me away is the large one-er where he goes through in the final battle for New York. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah, has that, that one, one shot that goes through all all five, all six Avengers and shows what they're all doing at that moment and, yep. and follows Iron Man to this and then follows Iron Man to that then follows Thor down this way. Then fo- the camera... And follows the, the Hawkeye arrow over there. Because, you know, most of it is CGI, but they just do such a good job of building this amazing set piece and following everyone through yeah. it. But the way they've set up this new one with this large... The largest set ever built for Marvel, they said, yep. with, about that... Uh, the the Avengers the tower. tower set yeah um they they've they've built the largest set ever and they're going to be able to do that kind of stuff in real life like they're going to be able to follow to have these cameras on you know on drones and cars going all over the place and have this huge set that all looks like the world and not need so much CGI so that's going to be really really neat it is going to be incredible and what's and, what's crazy is that they didn't they didn't film everything entirely in like just New York City, it wasn't all in one like one location or a few miles. They went oh, all yeah. over the globe. This one's for all this over one. the globe. Globe trotting Avengers this time. <laughs> all right, and I think we got one more. One more. One Number more. thirteen. Dressing the superheroes for a pivotal party scene was a task that fell to veteran costume designer Alexandra Byrne. Byrne worked with Chris Hemsworth to find the right combination of jeans, jacket, and shirt that would dress his shape and not look themed or fancy. <laughs> 
Dressing Tony Stark was easier. Oh, RDJ just wanted a very sophisticated look. Uh, after five fittings at London's Saville Row, Tony Stark emerged looking quite elegant. <laughs> that just... <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we saw in, you know, the one hangout scene or whatever, when everybody was trying to lift Thor's hammer, Thor showed up in, like, plain clothes. He was in civvies. Yeah. Well, he's been on Earth a while. Yeah, he was in civilian attire. So he looked... Attire. He looked, uh, <coughs> he looked the part of just a really well-dressed dude, but didn't look like this is what the Asgardian wardrobe consists of on a regular yeah, basis. Absolutely. Not absolutely. Goofy. Cool. Well, uh, that's, I guess that's all the news. I got, we have a little feedback that we still want to throw out. Um, let's see here. Um. Justin Waters says, thanks for the mention on the pod. Also, Joe Manganella. Joe uh, Mello Yellow. Joe, Joe Mello Yellow. Um, <laughs> Flash Thompson uh, is heavily rumored to play Deathstroke in DC's Suicide Squad. Shh, That's some DC, DC talk. talk. That's some DC talk. We don't talk about that shit, Justin. Come on, you know us. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. It's not like we talk about DC shows every single week. You're right, you're right. We might mention a DC show. Okay, we've already mentioned a few DC shows tonight. <laughs> Um, but that's, that's shit. We gotta squash that shit. No, <laughs> no yeah, I, I, I'm excited about the Suicide Squad movie. Just in general. I am. Uh, I love Will Smith and I love, uh, um, Margot Robbie a lot. I just saw Focus this weekend. I freaking loved it. I really did. I don't think I've heard of Focus. Oh man, it's a movie about... Those two, and he's a veteran con artist. Oh yeah, she's like a young yeah, yeah. upstart. Okay. They're both. Uh, she's I did playing. Hear about it. She's playing Harley Quinn. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in Suicide Squad, and he's playing Deadshot. Deadshot. Um, so that's going to be awesome. And apparently, Joe Manganiello is possibly going to be Deathstroke. You know, they just cast um, Killer Croc for that too. Really? Yeah. Who? I don't remember. I just remember reading that somebody was cast for it. I was like, Whatever. Oh, I don't care. Neat. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe That's podcast. exactly what I was thinking <laughs> when I was reading it. I was like, that's neat, but I don't care. I'm a Marvel kid. <laughs> like, uh, I think having this podcast has made me much more stratified. And like, I'm a Marvel guy. Never really been that. Like, uh, I'm a Marvel guy, but that Gotham show really is good. That Gotham show is real good, guys. That <laughs> Gotham show is real, real good. Uh, anyway. Stow that shit. Okay, uh, so one one last piece of feedback before we go into the spoiler section. Uh, Joe Sanders again. Uh, thanks for writing two things to us this week, Joe. Um, he said, you guys seem to be of the mind about Thor and Incredible Hulk being the weakest films in the MCU. But Thor was made with lots of love, and Hulk has an awesome villain with Tim Roth. The only one I find to be a real chore to get through is Iron Man 3 which is jokey and misfires in practically every way. The My biggest problem was with him having the arc reactor and shrapnel removed. Why couldn't he do this in Iron Man 2 when the stupid thing was killing him? Ridiculous. I replied to Joe yeah, you, like, you, you at, go, great length. at great length. You give us a synopsis of your response. I novelized it, basically. <laughs> yeah, give us a synopsis of your response. And I'll, Reader, I'll Reader's Digest version. Basically, I my response to it is, critically, Thor and the Incredible Hulk movies are the weakest. They they didn't get. I don't know that I even much say pull. that about Thor two. 
personally. Um, Thor 2 actually has lower ratings than Thor. I'm, ta- I'm talking about my own personal opinion, I guess. Okay, that's fair. But Thor and The Incredible Hulk, especially in Phase 1, were the weakest films. Everybody went into those thinking that they were going to get Iron Man again, because it, it was a Marvel thing. They're like, oh, okay, well, if they're building this universe, I'm going to get a quippy, jokey, fun, like interesting and, and relatable lead character that I'm really going to like, and he's going to have this outlook and this is how the movie's going to go. And they didn't get that. They weren't, they weren't expecting what they got. So they didn't like it quite as much. I knew what to expect for Thor because I'm a fan of the character, like in comic form. And honestly, Kenneth Branagh brought to that movie exactly what it needed, like exactly what it needed to be. It it came out as a, an establishing movie for Asgard, for Thor, like a, huge part of the Marvel Universe and established that and then the Hulk featured you know Edward Norton being like a really great banner on the run kind of thing where he's he's a little bit quippy but most of the time he's just on the run and he he does a really great job of it and like I agree that Iron Man 3 was really not very good they broke a they broke an iconic villain they wasted a, a fantastic actor in um, Sir Ben Kingsley, and if given the chance to actually be the Mandarin, Sir Ben Kingsley would destroy it. He would knock it out of the park. Like, he would be on par with Loki as far as, like, beloved villains. But they didn't, they didn't give him that chance. And that deeply saddens me. Like, it's come down on Rotten Tomatoes, because everybody's kind of seen that... You know, it's not that good, and the fan outrage was so huge, or like the outcry for like this is bad was so big, they went and changed it in All Hail the King. Like they just kind of worked it back around they, they to fixing that, it. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like they just they retroed it real, real quick. Yeah, but and we and, and I, 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 ultimately I, I agree. You yeah, I we disagree on on some of these points, of course. Yeah. I thought Thor, I thought Thor and Hulk were, and Hulk were the worst two films, and I mean the first Thor and Hulk. I don't mean the second Thor. I thought the second Thor really matched up well with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity. So I, I'm I'm with uh, I'm, uh, but I'm pretty much right with Joe here, uh, especially on his his mentioning of Tim Roth. Tim Roth, I love Tim Roth and everything he's in. Oh yeah, Tim Roth and William Hurt also. For being, he was uh, Thunderbolt Ross, General, oh, okay. uh, General Ross. Right, right, right. Like great antagonist, and especially yeah. those two working together was incredible. I, th- I just every moment Tim Roth is on the screen, I'm in love with that movie. Yeah. But then they kind of just turn him into the abomination, and it's just kind of like, where did, I, where I, where did Tim go? Roth go? You know, I just, <laughs> I just wanted more. I wanted more Tim Roth in that movie. Yeah. Um, I really, really loved him. Um. But the rest of the movie just didn't really hit with me. I cared way more about Tim Roth than I cared about anything else, including Banner, you know. And I love Edward Norton, and I was really excited to see him in that role. And I just didn't feel like he made any choices, I guess. Um, It just felt like he just was playing the role in a boring way. I just just didn't love him in that movie. Um, And then then with Thor... uh, uh, I am not a fan of the Th- the Thor comics at all. I don't know any of that any of the mythos, and it just came off a little boring for me. Um, and and I actually am, am in the minority here, uh, especially of the three of us, me, you, and Joe. I uh, <laughs> I love Iron Man three. 
I don't know what all you were talking about. That movie's awesome. That movie's so bad. I love Ben Kingsley in it. And and the fact that they played against type and they like turned him into this like uh, drug addled guy. Like I loved it. It just blew my mind when that happened because I, I just it just completely took me off guard and and I did not expect it at all. Um, and it's so hard for a movie to surprise me that much. And it surprised me so much. And I laughed for like 15 minutes of the movie because I just couldn't stop laughing at Ben Kingsley once he revealed his his true nature as Trevor. That it was just the best. It was so good. Uh, so I'm so I'm. I'm totally on board with what they did there. I, I understand expecting him to like grab a gun and turn into the Mandarin or something like that. No, <laughs> and then he didn't, and I was so disappointed. No, it was so good. It was so good, and I just don't. And that's and that's again just like the Thor thing. It probably comes from not caring about the continuity uh, of the comics or anything like that. I have no love for the Mandarin character. So uh, when when I when I saw that, I was just. I was just very pleased with being surprised, and I, and I, st- I still love those scenes. Um, and I just I didn't find it I didn't find that it misfired. I really like RDJ always hits for me. Like I th- I thought he was I think he was really really just just knocks it out of the park like he always does. I, don't, I just didn't I didn't see the flaws with that movie. But I know I'm in the minority there. A lot of people didn't like Iron Man three and find it to be hard to get through, like Joe said. But I don't. I love Iron Man. 3. Panic attacks. Like really, dude? That is the, one of the best moments. That's one of the best parts of Iron Man three, and it and it put it not only is it one of the best parts of Iron Man three, it ties it together with Avengers. When, when he starts having panic attacks, and you're you're you, you're like, where did they set this up? Why is he having panic attacks? Where is that in his character? Go back and watch Avengers. When he goes out into the universe through that portal in his Iron Man suit, loses Pepper Potts without ever getting to talk to her, goes out into the universe, sees the universe and how big it is and the threat that he is facing and that he is responsible for for protecting the Earth from that and how is he going to do that? And then his eyes tell the whole story and he falls back to Earth. And if they'd never done the panic attacks thing, that wouldn't have had the weight that it does. But because of that, and it follows through in the panic attack scenes, and he's that that Battle of New York affected him greatly. He realizes he has so much on his shoulders, and I I loved it. I love it. Yeah, but that's okay. Tony Stark is not an anxiety riddled person. Well. He is. He kind of is. But that's not how he like deals with it. He doesn't, he doesn't deal with it in like panic attack mode. He deals with it by like heavy alcoholism. That's yeah. that character. Yeah. So I, like I, him having panic attacks and not being able to deal with it at, in like in front of people instead of just like having a bottle of whiskey or something like some really expensive scotch. Yeah. Like I it, just just, it doesn't seem like that's in character. Well, it's his character changing and his character working through something. Um, and it may not he be... Just the, needs to pay, it's he not needs the, to hit the bottle. It's not the character from the comic book, but it, it's it's the character that they've written. And I, and I love that character. Um, it's that character that Shane Black screwed up. <laughs> it's not the same character from the first two movies. I think it's that character with post-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> no. Totally. Disorder, not syndrome. PTSD. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I guess it could be. But yeah, I mean, I but can I, see that I he will... has PTSD, but he drinks. That's his thing. Well, not since Iron Man 2, I think. That's bull. 
I think Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, I agree they haven't gone, they have not gone this route with this movie with him with the uh, addiction that they do in the comics. And I wish they would. I wish they would just commit to that storyline and go for it. Yeah. I feel like they touched on it with Iron Man 2 and he gets drunk and gets in the suit. And, yeah, and then like pees the suit. Yeah. That whole thing was like their version of that storyline. And I don't think that's enough. I think that he it needed to be more of a problem. Yeah, it would help to humanize him. I totally agree. Panic attacks are not something that everybody deals with. No, but alcoholism that, it still helps. Is. I do think that. <laughs> I do think that still think that helps humanize him. It does help humanize him, but it's in a it's in a way that not a lot of people identify with because not like, a lot of people instance, really identify. With, I mean, you know, for instance, Patrick Stewart or Sir is it Sir Patrick Stewart? Yes, I think it is. It is Sir Patrick Stewart at a convention at one point, uh, explained that his father had, from the war, had what was called shell shock. Uh-huh. Or at the time was called shell shock. They didn't realize it was called post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Well, it didn't have a name yet. Yeah. And basically, at the time, like, doctors and other people were just telling him, you know what, man up and deal with your problems. Yeah. Like, deal with this crap that you have in your head. And people still kind of have that outlook on it. Like, if, if you're having an anxiety attack, can't you just like, can't you just man up and deal with it? And that's a little bit how I feel toward it. Like I know it's a little insensitive and everything, but like <laughs> Tony Stark's an alcoholic. <laughs> like that's how he deals with PTSD. Yeah, but that that doesn't being an alcoholic doesn't solve post traumatic stress. Disorder. Of course it doesn't. But that's that <laughs> character. It does. It, it doesn't solve that. Like he he. The he, only he thing will... that solves PTSD is like or P, PTSD. Is like getting a therapist that's not Mark Ruffalo. No, I think that's perfect. I think Mark <laughs> Ruffalo is perfect for that. And that, that's that's He's one not of the that kind of doctor. That's one of the best moments. <laughs> it really of is. any Iron that's Man. That's the movie. only moment that I truly loved in that, that moment. Movie. Is beautiful. It was oh so good. Um, I'm glad that we can agree on something about that. Yeah, movie. no, yeah, I love that movie. So, so we, me, me and Jeff have differing opinions on that. Uh, one thing you said, Joe, also about the, the shrapnel and the arc reactor in his chest. Uh, I've got no good answer for that. They, you're probably right. They probably should have gotten that out of rid of that sooner. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the comics, he uh, he said that he came back to the states after being you know held captive or whatever, and then got like great American doctors to take the shrapnel out of his chest. And that's the way he explains it in the yeah. comics. But then he still has the arc reactor, and I'm like, okay. So yeah, the arc reactor still in his chest in the comic books. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and I just don't know what they were trying to say with him giving up the iron. I don't know. Right, like, there's going to be so much explaining that Joss Whedon has to do now to get him back in a suit, to, like, to get him back to being Iron Man in a suit. Like, I don't know. blew all of them up. He did blow all of them up, but then he picked up his, his, his screwdriver at the end of the movie and was like, hmm. <laughs> I, I think there was something they were I do I do agree. I will agree. That part of the movie is weak for me. Um, the fireworks. The fireworks was a little dumb. So dumb. That was dumb. I'm I'm with you on that, but it being too jokey, I didn't I didn't agree. I love Shane Black. I liked a lot of his stuff. Um, so so I but but it just felt like such a different movie. Agreed. It felt like such a different direction and everything like. The Super 70s outro sequence. Oh, that was... I loved the Super 70s outro me. sequence. Oh, nah, my I gosh. Couldn't, couldn't take it. 
Yeah, we're never going to agree on that movie. We're but not. Like all of uh, the friends that I went to watch that movie with, like when that sequence was coming up and they were rolling credits and it was all like super seventies, ah, and like we all looked at each other like, what the hell is this? I loved it. I thought what it was is awesome. going on? I thought it was great. <laughs> but I knew, I knew right then there was going to be a huge rift in fans. There was going to be the comic book fans that loved how, um, or yeah, loved how the Mandarin was in the comics and hated it in the movie. And then there were going to be the guys that like didn't read a single comic book ever, and were going to be like, "That was the best twist I've ever seen in my life. It was a great twist. I just didn't like twist. who they did it with." Yeah, well, and they fixed that in the in in All Hell the King. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't think that's really a it's not a good point of contention anymore. Um, he wasn't he. There is a Mandarin somewhere. He wants his name back. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and then Trevor's ladder. He's like. I'm sorry, still not getting it. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, mate. All right, guys, we're about to go into the spoiler section here in a minute. But first, let me tell you, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine. Magazine. Um, check out 45 Magazine, everybody. Um, everybody. If you'd like to help us out, <laughs> um, you could subscribe on iTunes subscribe. or leave us a review iTunes. on iTunes. Review. And it's like a weird echo Subscribe. happening. I don't know what that echo. is. Um, but if you'd like to, first, uh, if you'd like to talk to us directly and be on, be uh, mentioned on the show, or just talk to us on the show, you can hit us up on Twitter at MCUcast, um, on Facebook.com slash MCUcast, MCUcast.wordpress.com, or um, MCUcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, if you'd like to call us and leave a voicemail, no voicemails this week, but we had a few last week, so uh, stick so so people get on that. Leave, leave us some voicemails. We would love that. Uh, call us at 573-CAST-MCU and uh, leave your voicemail, and we'll play it on the show and discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, you guys, we're going to go into the spoiler section now in 3, 2, 1. Sky got carted away. She's going to Atalan or Attilan or whatever. She's going to the Inhuman City where everybody lives in happiness and in humanity. Yeah. That was a lot to yell. I'm sorry. That was, that was a little too much to yell. <laughs> Be more concise in your yelling. I'm sorry. I'm just really excited about that because now she actually gets to explore her powers all throughout this episode this this evening. Whenever they would go do something else, I'm like, I don't care about that right yeah. now. Show me what's happening with Sky. I, we got to really see her use her powers in a useful way, in a nifty way. Yeah, and a useful way. Um, like, and and when she did it, man, getting that wood shard in that guy's chest or in oh. his shoulder—that's pretty rough. That was intense. Uh, we had a little feedback about tonight's episode too. Uh, I guess we should, we'll go ahead and throw that in here. Uh, Mark Amargo tagged us on I, uh, on Twitter during the show tonight, and he said, I find it interesting that uh, Edward James Olmos is called Commander in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I think it was pretty much revealed tonight that the reason for that is he was the commander of the vessel. Of that one ship. Of that, that one ship on. that they're all on. Which, it, it it is interesting that now that he is, it looks, it, it looks to me like he's the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's not. Yeah. I mean, it looked to Coulson that way, too. So there's definitely, like, a he's power... Like, he's Speaker of the House. Yeah. That's all it really is. Yeah. He's, he's definitely some sort of representative and seems like he's in some sort of leadership 
in the in, in his oh, no, role. Yeah, in he's in he's in a leadership position. He tells the other guys that are sitting around him to shut up sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I guess in that moment of the fall of Shield, Bobby Morse, I did not expect that. Bobby Morse just told him no. She just breaks the thing, and that's really um, a big. That's a big turning. That's, a, that's point. a big moment, and I do. I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of expecting him to turn around and be like. No, we're going to be the new Shield, and it's almost as if you could almost think that maybe he doesn't feel that way because he was still mu- very much like we're following Fury's orders, and yeah. you're following my orders. And then she was like, "No, we're a democracy now." So well, yeah, in a way, says, Bobby's like, the one that this started isn't this a democracy, and she's like, "What if it should be? Yeah, it probably should be." Yeah, which let's, I don't. Let's try it. I don't know about that. Let's give this a test drive. For I a don't second. know about that, but we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get into the episode here. Um, all right, well, let's get, let's get talking about this episode tonight. There's a lot of flashbacks in this one. There is. There is. I really, I really, I'm really glad we got to see what all these characters were doing. And I, I really, I almost wish we'd gotten an entire episode where they just completely took us away from the main storyline and checked out this other stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it seemed a little... It seemed like there wasn't enough content there to go back and show us like sure. the entire arc of what they were doing on the ship. I think you're right, but I think they definitely could have written more, and I yeah, there definitely wouldn't more. have mind them expanding on that story some. Uh, I I liked I liked what we got though. Yeah, what we got sizzle. was really great, um, especially with Mac like kind of rising up into from like being the engineer into um, having to be this almost heroic guy like. He reminded me a lot of uh, the Howling Commandos hmm. in this one with the shotgun and like just being this guy that looks like he could be a soldier, but yeah. might not be. Yeah, and talking about looks, uh, Bobby Morse looked way more like Mockingbird in this. I felt like she looked like yeah, a superhero in, the flashbacks, in, this, yeah. in this in these flashbacks, which is awesome. And of course, we got to see Isabel Hartley once again. Yeah, Miss Lucy Lawless came back for yeah. us. Yeah. She didn't abandon us. <laughs> she looked a little weird. Like, her hair looks weird, different. You know, it was mentioned when I was watching it with uh, with the wife and a couple of friends that um, she still has bangs. And it that stems from a conversation because we uh, we had watched Xena a couple of nights ago. Uh-huh. It was on Sunday night. For real, really no reason at all other than, like, hey, look, there's Xena. Let's watch that <laughs> on Netflix. And um, we watched like two episodes, and it was like, God, look at those bangs. Everybody's got bangs. Look at all those bangs everywhere. Ugh. And then, like, Lucy Lawless shows up now. She's still got bangs, but she's she has not aged. I think she's immortal. <laughs> very likely. Like, in real life. Oh, yeah. She's very, immortal. Very likely that's true. I, I this, this whole episode in the current day was pretty tense. It really was. I, oh. With a, a lot with, of motion going on. We know on. from last week that May and Coulson know something is up with Mac and Bobby. No, not not with Bobby, just with Mac. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We know because he they, asked him at one point, like, "Who are you working with? You working with Hunter?" Mm-hmm. And then he kind of gives that like sideways glance, and then Coulson just it dawns on him, like, "Oh no!" And then he calls May, and she's it's too late. May's being taken out by. <laughs> Being crossed off, crossed off. Not really. <laughs> she escaped. They, they, uh, Bobby just escapes, really, and really then May escapes with that uh, <laughs> that mask. That mask. 
It's pretty pretty cool. Um, I love I love the idea. I love when they like, "Where's May?" And then they walk by that little hallway, and May just kind of steps out of the shadows. Yep. May's just the she badass of badasses. Ninja stealth. Yeah, I like it. I <clears throat> I thought it was strange. It was really the first time we've seen Coulson. Somebody really get the drop on Coulson. I feel like. Especially this season, everything that's been done towards Coulson to try to get the drop on him. He's pe- always been like four steps ahead. Exactly. He's always ahead of them. When Raina tried to blackmail him, he's like, oh, don't worry. Bobby Morse is there to take care of things. Um, every time Hyde just tried to get the drop on him, he's always been ahead. But in this, he, he really gets captured at one point. Yeah. If it weren't for May being stealthy in the shadows, May McStealths a lot. <laughs> And we get uh, we get a really good look at the the utility, I guess, in uh, in one of Bobby Morse's batons, because that was her baton that was cutting through the uh, through the desk to get Fury's oh, toolbox out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was the mouse hole. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. That's well, awesome. She flipped it over, and then it was magnetic on that end, and pulled the vibranium cube out. <laughs> That's really funny that it just like that. One baton happens to function in both the ways that she needed to get that device out. Yeah, yeah. it's very Batman utility, utility <laughs> beltish. But it's, this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe it's podcast. Very, it's very shark repellent. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's got the shark repellent, but you know, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh man, you know that the shark repellent was actually on the. On the helicopter in that episode, it wasn't in the utility belt of anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. But why would a helicopter have a shark? Oh yeah, it's still real silly. (laughs) You never know when you're going down in the ocean. (laughs) Shark over Gotham City. I just love shark repel. That's such a great scene. (sighs) Anyway, so in the flashbacks, Edward James almost is like almost dead. He's almost the director, and he's almost dead. Yeah. <laughs> almost Coulson. He's almost director. He's commander. Yeah. But um, it was weird that they were going to find him. Like, th- those were Fury's orders. Like, get him. Well. Specifically. And, you know, I wonder if Fury just had multiple secret plans to set up different shields like it sounds like he had this the, this group ready. Well, it sounds like the, he wasn't supposed to save this group. This group was supposed to kill themselves and take Hydra with them. <laughs> yeah. That was Fury's orders. Yeah. Well, they were supposed to get Commander um, Commander Almost Out. off of the ship. First. That's right. And and that's the thing. Coulson said that he had read about him and knew he was a good man, and he'd been looking for him for to months. try to get him on the team. Yeah. Um. And so I, I think it's very possible that it's very possible that he, if 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 Fury had known his whereabouts, had known and made it off the ship, he might have chosen him for the director's chair. You know? Yeah, might have been. Um, it's it's possible that's one of the reasons he wanted his his life saved. You know, he goes he obviously goes to great lengths to save the lives of those he wants to be director. Yeah, I'm gonna put 14 people on saving you duty so that you can be director. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm going to resurrect from the dead. Yeah. 
Um, he did. He did a. He did a. And, and he did both, uh, except uh, he didn't expect them to start their own shields. <laughs> they both did their jobs. Yep, they both wouldn't let shield go down. <laughs> what do you think of the charges being um, brought against Coulson? <laughs> I don't know. Man. By almost Coulson. I don't know. It's... I mean, it Coulson, Coulson like... doesn't even necessarily seem to think he's wrong. Yeah, it, it, it seems like Coulson's doing what's necessary. Well, it definitely does, except for all the... I mean, he's right about that that time period where he was uh, using all that alien... Uh, doing all that alien writing. And, yeah, when he was, like, driving everybody to go to Puerto Rico. And who knows if that's not in his head still. Yeah. Who knows? Well, he said it's calmed down and he doesn't feel the urge anymore. Yeah, right now. But then he could, at any point, have, like, an alien... Uh... Chestburster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's a different franchise. <laughs> Thank you, Ridley Scott. <laughs> oh gosh, I was out to lunch yesterday with a with a group of uh, ladies who'd recently had babies, and they just started having very open, frank conversations about their birthing experiences. It was disturbing. <laughs> Thank you for leaving it at that. I, w- I, w- I won't go any further. Um. So, what did you think of? Uh, <laughs> The fact that it appears this is Banner's cabin. Man, <clears throat> whenever she was hunting that cable, like whenever she saw, like, I'm going to follow the Ethernet cable because my connection's been lost because, you know, Shield is down, basically. Uh, she followed the cable to the wall, and it just, like, it went into the hole in the wall. And I was like, I would do the same thing. I would hunt where that cable goes. I want to know. Like, I want to know where that cable ends up. Show me. And she starts taking the panels off the walls, right? Mm-hmm. And she reveals the Hulk-sized fist imprint in the wall. And, like, immediately my brain just fired into high gear that was like, oh, my God, that was the that was the cabin that was at the end of the Incredible Hulk whenever he was sitting there meditating and he opened his eyes and they were green and the counter went to zero. That's the cabin that he was in. Holy crap, that's awesome. And I immediately thought of you. I was just like, that's that deep continuity Matt likes. <laughs> that is the deep continuity I like. Yep. That was, pre- that was pretty badass. And it's interesting to know that um, apparently Banner was working with S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. I guess because S.H.I.E.L.D. has this cabin. I guess so. That Banner built when, when he went well, out yeah. to that cabin by himself. Well, because uh, Agent, is it Weaver? Agent Weaver of the Almost S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Was like the house that Banner built. Yeah, very, very interesting. It's like this is where he put people that are too dangerous, and they don't know how to control it. Yeah, and they learn to control it, and it looks like Sky learned to control it tonight. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, surely not. I think she like she accidentally did the water thing, and then it was like, oh wow, that's really cool, actually. And yeah. I like that that is actually something that you can do with sound waves. Oh yeah, to running water. Absolutely, like, that is so cool. Yeah, really, really neat. And then Gordon shows up, and he's really awesome with his no eyesness. Yeah, he's all daredevilly, and he's got really good hearing. Yeah, really good sense of smell. Yeah, I could smell your fear. And like, <clears throat> she was like, "You can see," and he's like, "Not in the ways that you do." And I was like, "Ah, he's daredevil. <laughs> this is a daredevil thing." 
That was my first thought. Was he's just being daredevil? I like that he was like, "Yes, I had eyes at one point. They were blue." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow the fact that I know he had blue eyes makes him look friendlier. Yeah, he's a little more human. Yeah. I like that he was able to just sit down and have a candid conversation with her, like. We're inhumans. We have this place where we can go where there's a bunch of people like us and we can all kind of get together and learn to do our thing. And you can be safe to learn to do your thing there. I liked it too. It's so often on a show like this where they just don't discuss something. Yeah. They They won't have a conversation and then they like, I don't know, people end up in bad shape. Like the characters end up in all these false conflicts. Yeah. And that's always could have been avoided if we had just talked about it. You know, we really should have just had this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but uh, so while all that's happening, we get Shield being bombarded by Shield. Yeah, and then Mac. Oh man, what about when Mac jumps at Fitz and when he's stalking towards Fitz, and he like he jumps over and then just like. Wraps him around him and throws him on the ground and protects him from that. That blast. was a great moment. Oh but the moment God. right before that is the moment that gets me. Yeah. Because I have to, you have to know that Fitz is thinking of Ward. Yeah. Because this guy oh, that took him in, protected him, oh, helped him come out of his shell. God. Just like Ward in a lot of ways. Yep. The relationship was very similar and he, he believed in him and he believed he was protected by him. Uh, this guy's like walking toward him with like looks what looks like threatening gestures or body language and man but then we get that incredible redeeming moment i know where he doesn't try to kill him which that's going to be a big deal in these future episodes when we have um fits having to make a decision of whether to help the new shield or not. Yeah. The real shield. Well, that was actually already a a deciding factor. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, Mac got pretty banged up from that uh, that in, that little encounter and um he's stabilized, his condition was stabilized. They're asking Jibba to help and they he asked was Jibba like to help and she looks to Fitz and he's just like, "Yeah, go ahead and do it. He saved me." Yeah. It's it's uh, so I think um we already see them working and the 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 Almost Coulson makes some comment later about going and getting, going and helping. Uh, Weaver well, and Fitzsimmons. Fit, he, oh yeah, he says uh, Fitz will, Fitz, Fitz and Simmons will help. We'll figure this out or whatever. Yeah, like they'll figure out how to open this. Yeah, and it's like he's just assuming that he has their loyalty or he will have their loyalty. So what do you think? Do you think they'll they'll jump to their, his loyalty that soon? I don't know. I think I bet you. Oh wow. Everything's just going to fell together. Um, what? Gemma will, because of their outlook on enhanced and I think super you're right. people. And then Fitz is going to stay with the Coulson side because of their outlook of, like, let's actually help these people. Mm-hmm. And then that sows even more seeds of civil war. Oh, yeah. And if, if we end up with that... We're going to have a shield divided, basically. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're going to have this show having Civil War on the show while it's happening in the movie, you know? And that movie, think about this. Think about this, Matt. That movie is a year away. One year. So exciting. That's so far away, though. Yeah, it's pretty far. 
But think about this: when, like, when Iron Man first came out, do you think they would have even considered Civil War as a possibility? No, definitely not. And then this just exploded, and we're doing a podcast about it. Yeah, man. The scope That's what of we things do. hits me really hard. Sometimes. That's what we do. That's what we do, son. Another real obvious reason that we're going to have problems with Gemma siding with this other shield is her mentor Weaver um which we hadn't we didn't discuss this last week. You know who Weaver is, right? You know where we saw her last? Yeah, she was at the academy and in the in turn turn turn. Yeah, she was uh, she was she on was the video screen. On the She's video the one chat. that saved Gemma's life really told, yeah. and warned her. So this is Gemma's um this is Gemma's like mentor from way back, you know. So, I wonder where they're going with this. I hope they don't pull a Hydra. That's all I hope. I'm a little bit worried that they might. I am too. And and it won't be the worst if they do that. But I could absolutely see a scenario where, (laughs) you know, they found Edward James almost on the ground with his leg all wounded. What if he was in that fight? But the fight, he was on the Hydra side. Oh, and man. they came in the room and saved him and because Fury trusted him, but Fury shouldn't have. And then they made this new shield, and he just ends up in this leadership position. I'm, I'm worried about that happening because of what happened when they were looking for Sky. Like when, when Bobby Morse and the other guy that got told to shut up, I can never remember his name. The guy that got the shrapnel... Yeah. Lodging in his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. When, Tomas. Tomas, thank you. Whenever they were getting off the ship, she was just like, she's a shield agent. Like Bobby Morris was saying, she's a shield agent, icers only. And then that guy like holsters, like he pulls out and then like puts behind his back a pistol. Like a, Oh, did he? I didn't, actual, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was like, it was a legit. I saw like, that it looked like he shot 45. an actual pistol. Yeah, that was the one. Her. That was I the one. I just didn't see that he hit it. No, like, he had it in his hand, and then he just, like, he kind of hid it behind his back and, like, tucked it in his waistband. Oh, and I was like, wow. Like, everybody in in my little group that watched it tonight was just like, sir, that is not an icer, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't look like any icer I've ever seen. <laughs> You're so, we're so experienced with the icers. Yeah. You can always tell, though. Yeah, for sure. It didn't look like an icer. And when, when it, I didn't really see, I couldn't really tell in that first shot. When you see him get hit, yeah, I thought she had turned the bullet around because she's like, like yeah. bl- throws that blast at him. I thought she'd turned the bullet around like Angelina Jolie in Wanted style. Oh my god! <laughs> and just like threw it back at him, but no, it was like a stick. No, it was not a stick, sir. That was a part of a trunk of a tree. Because that tree was in between that guy and Morse, Tomas and Morse. Yeah. And it exploded. Yes. From oh, the man. force. That, that was badass. Yeah. Man, Quake has is really starting to live up to her name. And I really, I just can't wait until she can have more focus with it and control it. You know what would be awesome? What's that? What would be really great for like stopping and controlling and like focusing her powers into something that won't break from it? Vibranium gauntlets. Yeah. Is that what she has? I don't know. Okay. I thought about it tonight and I was like, it'd be really cool if she had vibranium gauntlets. Why didn't she have why didn't she have that? Hmm. And then Michael 
my friend Michael was just like, it's because you can only get it from one place in the, on the planet, man. Yeah, it's true. She doesn't really have... It's uh, in rare quantities. And I was like, okay. It's very right. rare, vibranium. It's not just lying around. Uh, because is. of a lot of the news we've had over the last few months, this whole last scene where we see um, them fighting and they're like just about to face off with Hydra, this huge Hydra element, I thought Hawkeye was going to show up. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's mostly our 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 listeners have um, crafted a theory to where it seems like Hawkeye is running the other shield and he's going to show up and, and be the leader of it all. It just seemed like it was going to work. It, it was just going to be a thing. It did. I know did. you and Charles talked about it a lot. Yes. A lot, a lot. You know what annoyed me? As soon as we talked about that on the show, I went on Facebook and they had... Who's leading the new shield? There's a big picture of Edward James Almos. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, really? Damn it. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me because I was going to be theorizing, like thinking about Hawkeye all week. And then I could have been surprised when I see, you know, Adama. <laughs> see, I was thinking Dr. Geller. What's he in Dr. Geller? Dexter. Oh, yeah. That's right. Season six. Great. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost shield <laughs> agent kind of happens upon Sky. First off, l- let's talk about how well trained that one almost shield agent was. Like she, like Sky was trained by May. Yeah, Sky's a really good fighter. She may not be on like ward level, but she's still a really good fighter. Yeah. Well, I mean, she sort of. I agree, she is, but she's only been training for like two years. Still a year and a half. That guy is a henchman. He should not be able to fight that well. He's a shield agent who's been trained for a long time. I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know if I would go henchman. Um, seems see he seems he seemed kind of legit. He's He's all like black ops dressed, like ready to go. Still though, he should not be that ridiculously hard to fight. Yeah. But whenever uh, whenever he had his gun out. And she went to, like, push... She pushed his hands up in the air to where he wouldn't fire, like, into her person again. I say again. So that she wouldn't get shot again. Uh Uh-huh. Did she... She didn't get shot, did she? She got shot in the first season. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying just now. No, no, not then. Tonight she didn't get shot. So that she wouldn't get shot again in her lifetime. I gotcha. I gotcha. So she she pushed his gun up and and he fires around. And I'm like, that's not how an icer sounds. Uh Uh-uh. Those guys why were, are these guys using real guns? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Bobby gave them the command to use icers only, but it doesn't sound like that's what the command they're going with. They're there to kill her. Yeah, um, and I'm worried that that could be. It could be Hydra. It You're could right. Be some Hydra. You're right. It could be, but it could just be people that really hate people with powers. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. That's your response. I mean, yeah. we're just. I love that we're we're it's it's a year away and they're already sowing seeds of civil war. In, they're in introducing a really humans strong way. And that's four years out. Agreed, agreed. They're just the universe is coming together so nicely. It really is. Uh, one of the people that I uh, that I was watching this episode with, uh, her name is Sydney. She's a fourteen year old kid. She has the she might be fifteen anyway. She had the funniest. Um, kind of explanation of how everything works. It's kind of like 
Feige and Whedon and on everybody else decided that this is how the Marvel Cinematic Universe story is going to be this this interconnected web of stories and each movie and show is just kind of like they take this little section and that's a movie and then they extract this little section and that's a movie and then there's these all these little ties between them and it just it seems like that's just the perfect analogy for it and I, I had to tell her I was like I don't I don't pretend to know how the mind of Feige works I just I let him tell me stories. <laughs> that's really all there is to it. Like, yeah. But she's got a really great analogy for it. Like, sure. This little section of of Marvel's Agents of Shield is like down here in this way opposite corner of where the Inhumans is, but they've got this one or two threads that are just directly connected straight to it. Mm-hmm. That that provide this link for it, and it's this great interconnected web. I feel like with. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Good job, Sydney. Uh, I, I feel like with um, with those two particular items, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans, we're finding they are very connected. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's from, looking from more the like they're right next to each other. For the, and it, Edward James almost had a great point last week. He was talking about Coulson's, what he's done since he's taken over as director. And he was like, first he sought out Sky, then he sought out the city. And Edward James almost character is implying that him choosing Sky was part of the alien DNA, which I can't say that it wasn't. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's not, he's got a great point. That's, it's very possible that Coulson's motivation for this entire series has been like programmed in him with that Cree DNA. Oh man. Everything I know is a lie. <laughs> Sydney's mother, Katie actually, um, was, she was uh, she was kind of saying like she hasn't watched Shield since last season because it just wasn't very good in the beginning of last season. Mm-hmm. And I she was watching this one just like how did this become so good? Like when did this happen? I was like they have crafted a series in the second season. They have made a show that takes three different kinds of shows and smashes them all into one. Mm-hmm. It's got this this kind of like super villains with. Uh, agents of of uh, an organization that don't have powers they just have gadgets they're fighting against it they're having to stop it in some way and it moves this big overarching story into this thing and now there's heroes on both sides there's villains on the other side and who's a villain who's what there's super people fighting everybody and then it's this agents thing versus agents but then there's also these kind of super people peppered in there somewhere else and then now it's just like i don't know what's going on anymore who's the real shield mm. And it's so good now. <laughs> it is. Especially it's, compared to last season. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten way better. Which brings me to, what would you rate this episode? This particular episode, especially compared to the last one, was so good. Okay. There was so much. I I equate this one with as much happened in it to turn, turn, turn. Huh. Because it seems like... It was not nearly as surprising as turn, no, turn, No, it wasn't as surprising. We saw it coming. But with as much... The, as as much stuff that happened and there was this this big clash and then like this weird resolution where we're like holy crap what's going to happen to that person you know, like, where are they going to be they've done a lot better job this season of slowly revealing things yeah. and slowly like revealing a piece of the mystery and then revealing another mystery to be solved like yeah this whole season has been that way and you're slowly getting piece by piece this 
this overarching story. Whereas last season, it felt like a bunch of one-shot episodes, and then all of a sudden, you got the big reveal. Yeah, it's like we... All of this is connected. We saw this strand, and then this strand, and then that strand. We got the we got the anchors of the web. Yeah. And then, like, in turn, 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 we got the center of it, where it was all tied together. All tied together, yeah. And this season, it seems like more like they're going with, like, a sequence of events, and it's all, like, tying... Tying each thing to the last thing to the last thing, and we're getting deeper and deeper, which I like. And it's definitely making for a more interesting week to week story. Yes, but I, it's I wonder what they're gonna if they're gonna be able to do something like turn 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 again. Yeah, with a big reveal. With a big reveal, since they've been revealing everything as they went. I wonder if there's anything to reveal when it comes time. It might be Age of Ultron when that happens. It, if if last year is any indication, that's what'll happen. Age of Ultron's tie in will somehow impact the show in a great way which man like what is it like three more episodes till that happens yeah three weeks damn well because we've got next friday is when no yeah next friday is when daredevil happens yep and then immediately three weeks after that is ages of ultron come out so we've got four four episodes that come out before age of ultron comes out it's crazy it's crazy so this episode, I would rate probably an eight, five, or nine, because I really liked what they did. Hmm. They yeah. told a lot of really great story. Granted, I did want them to keep going back to Sky because I was really interested in that story because oh, yeah. I want to see Super People. I do too. Um, I you know I I do, and I'm interested in that. I, that doesn't impact me as much. I am definitely interested in. The Inhumans and their culture and what their motivations are. I'm more interested in the character aspects, but like, I want to see superpowers happen. I gotcha. When they blasted that like cone of trees out from that was awesome. It was so great. That was that was shockingly powerful. Right. Yeah. Really. It really was. Did she have her gloves on at that point? No, she took them off. She took them off. She took them off for the water faucet. So that was her full power. Uh, full raw power. I don't know about full. Well, you know. But it was definitely raw power. Just raw, uncontrolled power as well. Oh, yeah. Wild. Yeah. So, um... What would you rate this episode? I would probably give it... What are we on? 1 to 5 or 1 to 10? We're on 1 to 10. We've always been on 1 to 10. I forget what we're on. Um, <laughs> I'd probably give it a, an 8. Good, solid episode. I I loved it. I wanted more of that backstory. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted that backstory to build a real shield that I cared as much about as I do about our team. So that when they clash, it's like I don't know what to do and uh I don't know who I who to believe. And I think that's they definitely did that to to some degree and I think that was their goal with this yeah. episode. Um but then you got this sh- the real shield guys shooting real bullets. Well, you've got some of them shooting real bullets. Well, everyone but Bobby. Well, when they when they took over the the shield base, when they took they were over, shooting icers. They were shooting icers because May specifically said they're not leaving bodies. You know, they're just knocking people out. Mm-hmm. Hydra leaves bodies. That's true. They weren't killing, trying to kill Shield. They were trying to kill Super People. Yeah, which definitely puts them in sort of a not so good. They put them at, at odds. Sort of a bit. Nazi sort of vibe. Yeah, a little bit. Kill the different kind of thing. <laughs> what was what was the stinger? Stinger oh the stinger was uh Colson sitting it in That's in right. Tahiti. And Lance Hunter comes up. 
Whenever they started that, I was like, is this a flashback to like a Tahiti situation? No. I thought he's over that. Uh, yeah, nope. It was just him in actual Acapulco or something. I don't know. It didn't say. I don't, I don't think it said where he was. But the hunter shows up and he's like, I want what he's having. And a lot of those umbrellas. <laughs> yeah. And then what's the mission, sir? I liked How him about... signing his name on a napkin. Yeah. And being like, this is my contract. You said you wanted a, conf- a full-time commitment. That's going to put him and Bobby at odds. Yep. Um, this is going to be just like... I, I, I think once Bobby finds out they were trying to kill Sky, I think Bobby's going to have serious reservations about sticking with the real shield. Almost shield. Almost shield. <laughs> so, to- Tomas shield. <laughs> why, didn't, why can't we call it Tomas shield? It's a democracy. He is the people. Dang. Um, so what did you think about Gordon's line after Sky blew up the forest? When she's like, Gordon, help me. When he shows up. I liked it. And he's just kind of... It reminded I don't know if me he of looks Doctor at Who. Her. I don't know if he looks at her so much as just kind of looks... Or points his face toward her. Yeah. Because in order to look, you have to have eyes, yeah. right? I, I think that... It really did remind me of Doctor Who. Doctor Who kind of has this whole, like, omnipotent vibe. Yeah. And, like, he'll be like, he'll just, there's this sort of magic about it. It's like sci-fi, but it's like, there's a little bit of, like, fantasy magic sort of stuff happening. And I, I feel I felt that way with this, where she's just like, whispers, help me, Gordon. And, like, he just shows up and takes her away. It just felt like something well, that would. he'll know. I know exactly, but there wasn't like wasn't like he gave her a cell phone to call him on. <laughs> it a, wasn't like if you just talk, I'm gonna hear because I can hear everything. Yeah, he didn't get. There's no reason why her saying "Help me, Gordon" would allow it. He just maybe he was watching her from afar. Maybe there maybe there was technology listening in. I don't know. Maybe there's an inhuman that can that's telling him Gordon go. Yeah, Gordon. She said, "Help her." <laughs> oh, okay. I'm on it. Walks into a door. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gordon. <laughs> I like Gordon. You know, it was so bad. I wanted some like a little bit of slapstick whenever he went and like sat down on the couch. I kind of wanted him to sit down on like the the end table and like knock a lamp over. That would have been so good. It would have been so funny, but that didn't happen. And no, I kind of felt bad for wanting that to happen. It wouldn't have. It, it, <laughs> It wouldn't have aided his cause at all. It would have humanized him, and I don't think that was their goal in this episode. <laughs> their goal this episode was to make him like almost like a godlike figure, you know, like a yeah. like a like a mystical, yeah. magical guide person. Yep. And, and and they did. We get Lincoln in the next episode based on the teasers. Cool. But I like when he shows up and he's like, "You ready to go home?" And she's like, mm-hmm. "Please." Yeah, I dug it. I really like this episode. Everything about it. Yeah. I just kept thinking of turn, 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 the way that everything was happening. I feel like every episode of this season just makes me want the next episode. <laughs> it really does. Which part of me is like, that's great. But I feel like sometimes last season I would get to the end of an episode and be like, that was awesome. This season I'm more like, that is so exciting. Which is not a bad thing. It's just a little different than yeah. the experience of last season. That's so season. exciting. Give me another one. Like at the end of turn, 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 I was like, mind blown all over the place. Don't know what to do. 
with myself. It I don't was so know good. how to handle all of these feels. Yeah, exactly. All right, well. I guess that's it for us got tonight. got else to say tonight, Jeff? No, I'm not going to interrupt again. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you better be. <laughs> you quiet down over there. <laughs> all right, everybody. I know we do this thing where we talk a lot. <laughs> you quiet down. Well, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, everybody. We're in partnership with 45 Magazine. Check them out. Uh, and if you want to help us out, you can subscribe on iTunes or leave us a review there. Leave us a five-star review. Come on. Don't be a jackass. <laughs> um, <laughs> seems um, seems a wanna, little harsh. But okay. If you'd like to contact us, hit us up at, the, at, at MCUcast on Twitter. Um, MCUcast.wordpress.com. Facebook.com slash MCUcast. MCUcast at gmail.com. Or... Call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave a voicemail, and it could be played on the show. We would love to hear from you guys, um, but as for, as for now, we're going to head off and go... Uh, Into the sunset. Just think about Daredevil until the 10th. Woo! I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like I tried to contain it just now, and I couldn't. Nope, not containable. All right, guys. Have a good night and week. Yeah, peace. We'll hit you on Twitter. And Facebook. But it's that Hulkbuster Funko bobblehead, man. How can I turn down that Funko <laughs> bobblehead? I don't even understand how you can do it. It's oh that Hulkbuster Funko bobblehead is like eight inches tall, isn't it? Six. Six? That's so big. I know. Why is that so big? It's gonna be a big bobblehead. I'm pretty excited.